0: Well, this morning as I work through another installment of this series called Summer Shorts, I'm calling this morning Short Shorts. (laughs) So listen fast. The idea was, uh, you know, to spend some time with some shorter messages, just trying to bring a, a lighter sense of things to the summer and also to just bring messages intended to be Encouraging you, not big long teachings and expositions from the scriptures, as you know, as I like to do, but um, maybe something a little simpler with a single point. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is in Ephesians chapter two, and uh, Ephesians chapter two, the first ten verses is one of my favorites because of two things. First, it really just contrast the difference of who we are before we know Jesus as Savior and Lord and afterwards and the difference is amazing. But I also like it so much because the last verse just sits as kind of a crown over the whole passage where it says that you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus which is a really powerful kind of statement, isn't it? The context of Ephesians is pretty simple in that it was written to the people, uh, the believers, the new Christians who lived in the city of Ephesus at the time, which is uh, part of Asia Minor and part of Turkey now. And, but the people who lived there were Gentile believers, and by that were, we're just saying that they weren't raised in the Jewish tradition, so they didn't have a lot of that background. And they just came to know Christ as their Savior through the proclamation of the gospel. Because you know, when you proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, people get saved. Did you know that? Amen. Whether you see it in front of you or not, when you declare the lordship of Jesus to somebody in the world, that has part, that has part of what God's doing in their lives to bring salvation to them. And so this was the context I think a very important part of the context before I read the passage is that the you throughout the book of Ephesians is meant to be the plural you. You know how you can mean you, Tracy, or it can mean you. That's pretty has a couple of different ways of being used. It's a pronoun, and it can be singular or it can be plural. And we have broken it down in actually three things here. There's all y'all, right? which is you, there's y'all, like if we're talking to a few of you, and then there's yuns, like Charlie right here, right? So this word you can be, can be understood in a variety of ways. Throughout the book of Ephesians, it's meant as a plural. So when it says you are God's workmanship, it means you. It means all y'all are God's workmanship. And it's true that God has an individual plan for each of our lives, but it's in the mysterious and amazing ways that he fits us all together that makes his workmanship, isn't it? Yeah. Say yes. Okay, thanks. Great. Okay. We are God's workmanship. We are God's workmanship. Let me read the ten verses for you, and just please just kind of notice the difference in a person before they know Christ and afterwards. As for you, all y'all, as for you, you were dead in transgressions and sins. In which you used to live when you, all y'all, followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us, this is the plural, all of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful, sinful nature and following his desires and thoughts. We didn't know what else to do, did we? We didn't know what else to do. God had set eternity in our hearts. We were terrified of our own death. We didn't know what else to do. We were living as captives to Satan, following the ruler of the world, as we just said. We didn't know what else to do, gratify our cravings and desires, and some of that was manageable. And some of that became unmanageable, didn't it? And became problematic. But we didn't know what else to do. This was our condition, our our collective condition before Christ. But listen to this, like the rest, we were by nature objects of God's wrath. That doesn't sound very good, does it? We were by nature, by nature, by nature of the fact that we were born into this captivity of Satan we were by nature objects of God's wrath how could god do that i didn't sign up for that this is a critically important difference in your understanding between the word anger and wrath you ever been angry raise your hand okay i haven't <laughs> you ever been angry of course you have things go wrong you blow up you explode and and you, and you want to act it out you want somebody else to pay That's anger. Wrath is very different. Wrath is the expression of God's holiness on evil, where he purges something of evil. His wrath is going to be poured out to purge something of evil. It's not like he explodes in some kind of uncontrollable rage. That's anger. But it's a purposeful deliverance of his holiness on that which is not him. And it's a purging. And before we knew Christ... We were objects of his holy wrath. That's different than anger, isn't it? It's not that he didn't want you. It's not that your behaviors were causing him to say, I am so angry at them. But it's like they're living in captivity, the brokenness of the human condition. My wrath will be poured out on that which is unholy. So that the universe, essentially, in the consummation of history, can be a holy expression of God again. So, this this was our condition, our collective condition. And then verse 4 starts with this amazing conjunction. But, But because of his great love for us, here's where everything changes. But because of the great love of God, who is rich in mercy. You know, he's not filled with anger waiting to smite thee. He's filled with mercy. He's filled with love. God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. He made us alive. We were dead. We were objects of wrath. And because of God's great mercy and love, he made us alive with Christ. He made That's a past tense. You're alive. You were dead. Now you're alive. Why should you worship God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength when the band hits the first note? Because once you were dead, now you're alive. You're alive. And God raised us up with Christ. Oops, sorry, I missed a big... Made us alive with Christ even when we're dead in, in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. By the grace of God poured out. He made a way for you through His Son, Jesus Christ, to get out of the devil's camp and transfer, transfer into the heritage of God to become sons and daughters of the living God through Christ. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Have you ever heard me say that before? Like 900 times? You're not seated under Satan anymore. You're seated over Him. You're seated with Christ. It says so right here. Don't argue with me. Argue with God. Seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. We are living in what was the coming ages. This is a reference to the immediate and distant future. So we are living in what would have been then, in the coming ages, he's saying. He's saying this isn't just for now while the apostles are here, but in the coming ages, from now until Christ comes back, he's going to express his kindness through us. In powerful manifestations of His presence. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, thank you Lord. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. The whole salvation thing is God's initiative, why? But because of His great love for us. (laughs) Not by works so that no one can boast. Is anybody here? Presenting themselves to God by their own merit. I've been good, God. Check me out. Oh, no, we come by, behind the same cross. We come every time, right? Lord, I can't believe I'm not good yet. But I depend on your grace. I depend on your grace, and I'm grateful for the work that you've done in my life by the power of the Word of God indwelling in me and the Holy Spirit living in me. And then the great verse, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So you start the verse as for you you were dead in your transgressions and sin objects of God's wrath and something happens so that you're transformed into God's workmanship. That's a pretty incredible difference wouldn't you say? That's a very incredible difference. And I'd just like for you to think for a few minutes on this word workmanship this morning. It comes from a Greek word which means made out of something. Made out of something. So in Genesis, when it says God created the heavens and the earth, that's not the same word. It's Hebrew anyway, but it's not the same thought. Because God made the heavens and the earth out of nothing. God spoke and it simply was. But this word workmanship is not that. But that God made something out out, something better out of something. He made a masterpiece, a workmanship, out of something he started with. Guess who he started with? Us, the likes of us, who were dead in our transgressions and sins, who were objects of his wrath. And he made us, he took that and he made us into his workmanship. We are his workmanship. The church of Jesus Christ, the bride of Christ, the presence of the Lord Jesus in the world today is the workmanship of God. And I think that's what I want you to concentrate on this morning, is that the refining work that God is doing in you is taking something, something that you offer to him, just as it is, just as it is, and say, by Christ By the Word of God living in me? By the Holy Spirit living in me? Make me a part of your workmanship. Because every single person in this place has something to bring. Has a piece of what it is that God is doing through His body as His workmanship. But He's making something better out of something you know, last year we lost a, a great brother in the Lord. He went home to be with Jesus. And his name was John Murdoch. And he had been a part of our church since the very beginning. And he was a character, eh? He was something else, I'll tell you what. He once came to me and he said, You know, I think the Lord is telling me to ride a horse across the United States. I said, really John, how are you hearing this and what's the purpose of this? I don't know. He said, "Uh, I think the Lord is calling me to ride a horse across the United States. And I said, okay John, why are you telling me this? He says, because you have a horse. I assured him that neither of our horses would ever make the journey across the United States. <laughs> but if you knew John, you knew this that he was an incredible sculptor with wood. He'd he take a block of wood off the wood pile, like you just saw, and he saw something in there. He carved this stuff, and it was amazing. It was truly amazing. Big stuff big stuff that was in his head that when he saw that block of wood, he said, oh, there's something inside there. And he would make it, and it was his workmanship. And he made something so much better out of something he started with. That was that was John's workmanship. This is what he does. This is what God does with us. I was thinking about So I was reflecting on this thought this week. What's my workmanship? Tom, do you have a workmanship? And what came to my mind was a single song. And it's a song that I've done two or three times, led the church in here. It's called I Belong to You. It's a Ryan Delmore song, I Belong to You. And for some reason, a lot of things came together for that song, for me, and I had Hope Stalker sing it with me a couple of times, and just that beautiful voice that she has, and the harmony that she could bring to that. And that song, as I thought about it, is my best guitar playing. That's as as good as I can play, right there. That is, that's my best stuff, right there. It's a... It's a little more challenging song for me. And, uh, and, and I found a groove in it, and I found a way to play it that was coming from somewhere I didn't know I could play that way. And that's my best singing. <laughs> People don't come to this church to hear my voice. They may come and be excited about the passion, but that's my best singing. But I got thinking about, you know, the way that hope is able to improve the sound of my voice by singing with me. And how that whole thing what do you mean, yes? <laughs> Easy. <laughs> you know, be quite so agreeable. <laughs> Trying to be tender with you here now. But I, I I just I just got to that place where I was reflecting on it, I thought That's my best song. And and then I went another layer and I said, Lord, why is that my best song? Of the couple hundred songs that I know, why is that my best song? And then I was just drawn into the message of it. You call my name in the lonely night, sweet forgiveness in the morning light. (laughs) Like a child in your arms, I belong to you. And on it goes. And that is the most precious sentiment of my life with God, is that I belong to him and that you belong to him. And so I think the reason that I would call that my workmanship is not because of the guitar, not because of the singing, but because of the passionate message behind it that I want you to know. You are sons and daughters of the living God through the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. You belong to him, and you're his workmanship. And when you look at this passage in this single verse, for we are God's workmanship. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. You have to understand, you say, how could I be God's workmanship? You've got to bump back up to verse 4. What's behind it? But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It's because of God's passionate, jealous love for you that he wants to take you as you are and he wants to craft you into his workmanship. And you're an essential part of this. You're not a spectator. You're an essential part of this. And And God's love burns for you. And what I I really want you to think about this morning is how it is that you can embrace that truth as the central reality of your life. Because you may have noticed that perhaps the hardest thing to believe about yourself is the truth. That's because we've been hearing the lies for so long. And the truth is that because of his great love for you, you are God's workmanship. And so earlier this morning I was just asking the Lord, how how do I really just bring this to them? And I was behind my barn, and I was just worshiping the Lord and listening to the Lord with my cup of coffee in my hand. I was still in my pajamas and my flip-flops. And I, I was just standing out there, saying, "Lord, I know that You love me so much. How is it that I can convey this to them?" And at that moment, I saw, I saw the brush, 20 feet away from me, move, and I thought, "Mm, "I wonder what's in there." And I just waited, and it moved some more, and it tested my patience. And then I saw a flash of blue, mm. and it was a bright blue. It was like neon blue. And if you know birds, you'll know exactly what I mean. An indigo bunting just popped up. I've only seen three in my whole life. I am not an ornithologist. I just saw that the first time, and I said, I have to know what that bird is because it is so bright. It's a little bird. And it's so bright and so blue. And I saw it and I knew what it was. I knew that the Lord had appointed that bird to come and amaze me and tell me how much he loves me. And you're saying, you really think that out of all that God has to do, he took time to appoint a bird for you? Well, I just thought that through, and I thought, well, he appointed the ravens to come and feed Elijah, and I'm twice as cool as Elijah. (laughs) So why wouldn't he? But here's the lesson. If you want to live from this amazing place of understanding, this powerful place of understanding that you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus, there's something you must do to apprehend that. First, you must be born again. You must be born again. The Bible says you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. This doesn't happen to people who don't come to him. These, this, this workmanship, they're objects of God's wrath until we make that transfer from objects of God's wrath into objects of his love and mercy through his son Jesus Christ and then we become part of his workmanship. That's the first thing you must do. If you have not yet come to that place, or if you have wandered from that place of trusting in Christ as your Savior and Lord, then today is the day you must. But the other thing you must do, believers, those of you who are already, have already made that crossing authentically, is you've got to slow down. You've got to give God opportunity to appoint a bird, or whatever it would be in your world. To show you how much he loves you. You've got to just slow it down. When you give God opportunity. Deliberate opportunity. When you set up a time and say Lord. I just want to sit here. I just want to sit here. And hear you say that you love me. He'll show up. I don't know what it will be for you. I never know what it will be for me. Father in heaven, I just pray now. The spirit of the Lord to continue to work here in our fellowship. Lord, Karen and I love this place so much. We love these people so much. And uh, I thank you for what you're doing in this place and the way that you're crafting this place together as, as your workmanship, as something that you're making out of something that we give you to start with. And Father, we thank you for the beautiful expressions throughout this fellowship, in this city, and around the world that have come as a result of these people just coming together and surrendering to you as as the potter. And so, Father, I pray now that you would lead each and every person into a moment of reflection of how much you love them. I pray, Father, that you would save those who are at that place and ready to make the crossing into relationship with you through your Son, Jesus. I pray, Father, that you would, you would come into the life this week of every believer, especially the frenetic ones, Lord, the ones who are just running from place to place. And I just pray that you would appoint something for them just to come in some moment of stillness and show them how much you love them. Lord, we love you back. And so we just pray that as we take a few moments to respond to you in worship and ministry, that your Holy Spirit will be faithful to be here to speak to every heart. Speak to every heart. Bless every soul. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Could we have some prayer ministry people come on up now? and. They'll be up here to pray with you. Maybe you're a person who is ready to come to the Lord and ask Him to come into your life. And you can come up to these people and they'll they'll know exactly what to do. They'll pray with you. They'll give you a Bible so you can get started in your walk with Him. We'd love for you to do that. You can come up to these people who will be praying and uh, you can really ask for any kind of prayer. Whatever you got going on in your life, these people will be happy to...